Mikey, I feel like there's some other setting because that red's usually not on me. I don't, well, that now it's blue. It's not a big deal if that's the only one you got, but usually that one's been shutting off. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That works. That's all right. Just go back to what you had. Um, kind of felt like the Lord gave me a word for you, just as a very brief one, just as we were worshiping and... There we go. Um, it's going to seem pretty elementary and pretty basic, but um, I think that's the way God has to speak to me most of the time. Uh, but I think that what we've got to grasp is that the Lord is, is with us and in us. And whatever it is that you're facing, and I know I met with a few of y'all right in between, but the Lord had already given me that. Um, do you realize that the Spirit of God is in you and He is with you? And whatever you're facing, you are going to come through. You're going to come through. He's with you. And as Pastor Justin said, we are his friends. It says that we're no longer slaves, that we are his, we are his friend. And, uh, you know, of all the things that we're facing and challenges that we're facing, something that really is coming to fruition in my life is to really recognize he is with me. I am not alone. And I think so many times we feel alone. And yeah, we're going to come through this and it's going to be better, but man, it sure does stink now. But the Lord is with us. And part, I, nobody preaches this, but part of the suffering, this is part of it. Suffering is part of it. I want you to know that Jesus, when he walked the earth, everything, everything didn't go perfectly. His friends died. His buddy got his head chopped off. He got crucified. Um, he got baptized and filled with the Spirit and immediately led out to be tempted and starve. I mean, woo, this ministry thing's great. And this was Jesus. This was Jesus. So the things that you're facing, I want to encourage you it, it kind of takes on a whole new meaning of that consider it all joy. The Lord is with you and he's going to bring you through it. And it is through those struggles that we get stronger and able to help our children get through what they're going to go through. And, because they're going to go through stuff. We try our best to position our kids to where they don't have to go through what we went through. But that's not biblical. They're going to go through what we went through. They need to. They need to grow up. I want you to know that a butterfly... If you help a butterfly out of a cocoon, it will never fly. The butterfly has to force himself out of that cocoon. And it's part of that strengthening. It's part of God's plan that he has to struggle and struggle and struggle to get out. And once he's out, he can fly. And literally, that's what happens to us. Scripture tells us that you know, patience produces endurance. And you know that there is a gift at the end of the thing that we're going through. So I want you just to realize, I want you to try to grasp tonight that the Spirit of God really is with you. And not only is He with you, but His power and His ability and His thoughts and His wisdom is with you. But you have a choice to listen to it. You have a choice to listen to it. I actually got to have lunch today with Joe McGee. And he was telling me about the Titanic, how the, the captain of the ship of the Titanic, I think, received four, five, six messages that there were icebergs and to slow down 
and because it was his last voyage and he had his own goal and he wanted to set records that he ignored it. The Lord can give you wisdom and you can ignore it. I want to encourage you. The Lord's with you and he's trying to talk to you and trying to lead you and guide you. But you got to listen and you got to do. You got to move. All right, if we do those things, be hearers and doers, God's going God's to lead you out of your struggle. Amen? But we have a part. He is not a God that just says, you must do this and I'm going to make sure you do it. No, he wants you to choose. He lets us choose. He wants to, us to love him so much that we obey him and that we hear him and that we move according to his word. So I want to encourage you. Um, I was telling Joe today that, um, that what the Lord speaks to me when I speak to him. He speaks to me in other times, but the Lord really does speak to me when I take the time to speak to him. And listen, I can talk through while he's speaking. Anybody ever done that? God's trying to talk to you, but you're still talking? So we have to be quiet and listen. And then when he gives us a word, we've got to move on it. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. For the mean, in the meantime, I want you to know that as you see me end on a chapter through 2 Corinthians, as of now, go ahead and go to the next chapter and, and read it. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and to just to, that way you can kind of know where I'm going and you can come in here and kind of be on the same page. I will warn you though, if the Lord sends me in a different direction, I'm going to go in that direction. You're just lucky you read ahead and you got a little extra through the week. Okay, so, but as of now, that's where I'll go. So this week, if I don't get to chapter 7, we'll do chapter 7 next week. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to teach us as we get into your word. Just ask for that divine revelation and the life that comes from your word. I just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, that as we read this word, that those that have come in here needing are going to find it. You have led us here, and we're following you. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter... Uh, Six. Mikey, I'm going to hand it over to you. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Already, um, we, we come in, we, we accept Christ's gift of salvation, and then we go on to our own day. Uh, we go on and do our own thing. Um, Church, wake up, wake your spirit up, wake up, that we don't accept this marvelous gift of his kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. I am reading a new book by John Bevere. It just came out last month called Good or God. And he talks about how... Um, one of the characteristics or one of the outworkings of Jesus is he is our Savior. He saves us. But it's what he does. But the problem I that he has stated, and I agree, the problem that the church has had is we have come up here and gotten saved, and that's been it. Jesus, I, I, I serve Jesus as my Savior. But the problem is we don't need him to be, we do need him to save us. That's what he does, but we need him to be our Lord. It doesn't say to confess Jesus as our Savior. If you will confess, if you will confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, 
the Lord Jesus. It doesn't say if you'll confess Jesus as your Savior. If you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. But that's, that's, one little, that's not a little aspect. That is one aspect of our walk with Christ. But it says that there are those that have cried out, Lord, Lord, but I don't know you. Because Jesus isn't Lord of your life. He was your Savior, but he isn't Lord. There is a big difference. There is a big difference in Jesus being your Savior and Jesus being your Lord. Do you follow that? As God's partners, let me back up. At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Now, I do want to say again, I have needed to be saved multiple times since I was five and prayed the sinner's prayer. Right now is the time of my salvation. Why? Because I need saved from more stuff. Anybody here need saving? I need the Spirit of God and the power, the supernatural power of God to save me from what I'm facing. Amen? And that's what He does. He is our Savior, but is He your Lord? Just a thought. Verse 3. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault in our ministry. Now I've chewed on this today and over, over about the next last week. And I want you to know, let me go ahead and read a little bit more in, four, in verse 4. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, we've been in prison, we've faced angry mobs, we've worked to exhaustion, we've endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. I want to stop and go back to say that we live in such a way that no one will stumble. Because that almost sounds like he's being, uh, hey everybody, look how great I am. But I don't take it that way. I take it in that he's not saying people don't stumble because we are perfect. He's not saying we are perfect, therefore people don't stumble. I believe that he's saying people aren't stumbling because they see that we're real. We really do have, we really do have God, and when we make mistakes, we fix them. Do you see that? That, that uh, if I were to accidentally say something really bad, how many of you today said something you shouldn't have said. Okay, if you did not know my heart, if I didn't know your heart, we'd just want to just say, oh, the heck with you, I'm done with you. I'm not going to church with you anymore. People do this. And Paul, I believe of all people, I think Paul was one of those that probably every now and then, Paul came out of his mouth every now and then. Right? He's human, and he's saying, yeah, we've been beaten, we've been made fun of, we've, been, we've worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food, we've been in prison, but we've proved ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, and by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. What I hope from my life is that I don't prove myself perfect, but I do prove myself that the Holy Spirit is in me, and that for the most part, you see love, but if you don't, we fix it in a godly way. 
and we allow each other, we, we allow each other to fix their issues. A huge part. Do you remember from a few uh, chapters ago, it said to make allowance for our faults. We're, we're going to allow each other to make faults because we are. You know, um, in this same book, it's, it's now talking about grace and how the church has so missed it with grace um, that, we can, that we can freely sin because of grace. And that's not right. We should be changing. I do, I, I've, I believe the Lord is revealing to me that I can live a life just like Jesus from here on out if I will be followed by his, if I will follow his spirit. I believe I have the ability to walk my, the rest of my days out as Jesus did. I have that ability. Now whether I do or not, the reality to that is I, pr I probably will stumble. But that's where grace kicks in. That the Lord would say, oh, I see you trying. Yes, you are my child. And oh, I'm sorry you fell down. Grace on you. Get back up. I've, I've given you a way to get back up from your mistake. And that's by repentance. It's by asking for forgiveness and walking in forgiveness and walking in love and owning what I did. Not trying to cover it up. Not trying to blame somebody else. Owning what I did. I did that. Hey, Y'all see this mess on the stage? I did that. It just happened tonight. My music stand for Rita Marie, I'd worked on getting her music over there and everything was all set. Next thing you know, five minutes later, I came back and it was gone. And now here's the dad with her child. My child didn't have what she needed. And I'm up here like, what the heck? Where is it? I just had it. I don't know. Nobody knew. Well, who took it? Aaron, did you take it? I didn't take it. Weaver, did you take it? No, I didn't take it. Quentin, you don't even have a music stand, but did you take it? I didn't take it. Nasty thoughts. Coy took it. Sound guy, it's always the sound guy's problem. Sound guys. Too loud, too quiet, too much drums, not enough keyboard. It's always the sound guy's fault. It is that easy for your flesh to kick in. But that's where grace comes. God knows you're not perfect. Spouses, your spouse is not perfect. They never will be. They're not. But can we walk in love and forgiveness and, and in mercy? says if we'll give mercy we'll receive mercy we live in such a way that we don't stumble because uh, they don't find fault in our no one will find fault in our ministry does that mean the ministry is faultless no it means that we have we have the allowance for fault but we cover that by the word of God and by the authority of God and by each other covering each other are, are y'all with me by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. Verse 7, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. 
God's power is working in us. Monday night's Holy Spirit class was, I don't, I don't know what the deal was with Monday night. And to be honest with you, I was dreading it because it was on tongues. And I'm like, oh God, here we go, we're going to get wild. And I don't want to get wild. I want to go after the person of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know that Monday night was just awesome. Because people are genuinely trying to, to grasp who the Holy Spirit is. Monday night blew me away because the power of God is working in us. To take the, the group that we've got and the age that we are, and we're kind of seasoned Christians, and to be open to something new is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You guys are doing great. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We think that we get saved and it's just tiptoe through the tulips the rest of our life. But no, attacks come and we must war with righteousness. It says we serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We're ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We've been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. I want you to think just a minute as you've come in here struggling with everything on you. You know, think about what you do have. Because you know what? We have everything. We have everything. We have it so much better than most. We have it so much better than most. And I know you've been beaten. I know you're close to death. I know you've been ignored. I know you've been slandered. Whether they slander us or praise us, we will serve God, whether people honor us or despise us. Verse 11, O oh dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld love from us. I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. I think that that is such... Um, such an incredible word just on relationship uh, that we're afraid to open our hearts to each other. Uh, you know, um, just to share, you know, my lack of a personal relationship with the Lord with you is really vulnerable, really makes me vulnerable. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really, I, I feel like I've so been touched by the Lord, I don't really care. You know, it's one of these things where I've been slandered, but I'm going to keep on going. Um, but it's vulnerable to open your heart to each other. It's vulnerable for me to say, man, if, if my wife had my spirit, she probably would never have stayed with me. You know, because we are genuinely unrighteous. We are just not 
our righteousness as filthy rags. But if you can realize the person sitting next to you is exactly the same. Struggling with their own personal issues, struggling with their own self-worth, struggling with where they're going and where they've been, struggling with how they know how they're going to get through the next day. Um, it is incredible um, how much power there is to help each other just in this body right here. It's incredible the resources just in the group that we have here Wednesday night in order to help someone out of what they're going through. I'm asking you to respond as though you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. And I just want to encourage you. Um, it is opening, you know, whenever you look at what the instructions are for being a godly wife or a godly husband, you know, it says for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and for wives to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. The only way that this can be done is if our hearts are open to God. We do this as unto the Lord. I do this based on my relationship to the Lord. I can love you and act the right way because of the Lord in me, because of the Holy Spirit in me. My flesh wants to react one way. To be honest with you, it wants to react selfishly. In marriage, in relationship, in church, it wants to be selfish. But because I have the Spirit of God, and if I will listen and follow, I can answer correctly. I can. You can. Where you are, there is a right answer for your next move. There is a move, and there's a right move. And you have that. You have, you have that answer because you have the wisdom of the Lord. And I want you to know the Lord knows everything. He knows the, the start to the, to the end. He knows everything. You have that if you will dig and seek and find. But you've got to dig. You've got to want it. Like cheerleaders say, you've got to want it to win it. And we want it more. You've got to want it. The fact that you're not digging for it is, proves that you don't want it. Sorry if that sounds harsh. Think about the things that you really want. You give great effort toward it. If you would give great effort for finding wisdom, you'll find it. The Word of God says all you've got to do is ask for it and expect to receive it. Are you listening? Are you listening to the Lord? Are you in His Word? Open your hearts. Verse 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. That doesn't mean not to love on them. doesn't mean to reject them. It means don't team up with them. Don't get on their team. I want you to know that I, I, I believe that many in this room are taking advice from unbelievers. Um, spiritual advice. Advice that you know, you know better. 
Now, I will tell you that I will take financial advice from, from financial experts. They, I don't have to ask them what their, res, their spiritual resume is. Their financial resume helps show me whether I need financial advice from them or not. Are they bankrupt? Do they have repoed cars and, you know, financial issues? Well, I don't want, I don't want your advice. But I will tell you, Dave Ramsey went bankrupt twice, uh, and I would take advice from him. In fact, I follow I follow his financial advice because he has proven himself. But there are people sitting in here that are that are allowing your direction to be led by the world, by worldly people, and you need to stop. You need to love on them and share the gospel with them. Help them spiritually through what they're going through, but stop opening your ears to where they are leading you putting lies in your heads about your relationship with your husband or your wife, uh, about the direction that you're going in. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. You are a temple of the Holy, Holy Spirit. How can he team up with the world? He won't. And one of the most amazing things about the Lord that is in us is he will let us go in the wrong direction. He completely lets us be free and make our decisions. God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I want you to know that when I got married, I had worldly friends. I had friends that were, some were spirit, some were, some were saved, some wasn't saved. But my lifestyle had to change. I had to stop going out and hanging out with them. I was making a decision to build my life around my relationship to my wife. It is the same with your walk with the Lord. Your lifestyle has to change. You have to, just like I had to give up time with my friends to spend time with my wife. If I hadn't, my marriage would have failed. The same thing has happened with TV and in my younger days with video games, even now with running. It becomes a hard thing that my exercise doesn't take precedent over my wife. Think about how easily we allow the things of the world to take precedent over God. The great thing is, if we will get that relationship right, he doesn't want to take away the things that we love. He's not going to. We can still do those things, but do them in an appropriate way. Do you know the friends that I had in high school? I still have. They're just different. They're not the same. 
I will live in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I want you to think about what kind of lifestyle change that you need to make to make sure that your relationship to the Lord is first. First and foremost, you want a healthy relationship with your spouse? Get your relationship with the Lord right. You need direction on your job? Get your relationship with the Lord right. What we have with our relationship with God is literally the person of the Holy Spirit that's in us as well as the Word of God. Those things need to be tested at all times because I sometimes hear voices that are not God. They are me and they are the world and they are Satan trying to get me off course. And they're subtle. They're not, hey Paul, it's the devil. I want you to go over here. Wouldn't we say, oh, I think that was the wrong voice. No, it's subtle. It sounds good. And it's close to being okay. But it isn't. As we have the Holy Spirit and then we confirm it by the word. That word that just came in my head, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with God's word. Well, the Holy Spirit and God's word will always line up with each other. Something was wrong with that. Holy Spirit, let me give you this word. This is the word I just had. Let me talk to you about this just a minute. Okay, let's get in the word. Let's get in the spirit. Go talk to some spiritual people that you know and ask wisdom. Hey, I'm about to do so and so. Do you know that I've heard people have come and said, I feel like the Lord's told me to leave my wife and marry this other person. Really? The Lord told you that? Okay, let's get out the word. This is what the Lord says. You just said, what? Okay, this is what the Lord says. Okay, I'm going to argue with you that I believe that that's not God. I want to argue with you as people have come to, to, my, to seek my wisdom. Um, I'm going to take it by the word. Wait a minute. Slow down. The word says this. And you know what? Sometimes it's like I'm still going in that direction. Okay, good luck. Good luck with that. You can. Hope things go okay for you. I'm praying for you. But you're going the wrong way. There are people in my life that have told me scripturally that I'm going the wrong way and I, it hurts. Hurts my pride. Hurts my soul. But I'm so thankful for people that will tell me the truth. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. And He will not mince His words. He won't just give you a feel good, oh, I'm just going to make you feel good in the midst of this. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. So I want to encourage you. Assess your life. Assess the things that you're going through. And if there are stumbling blocks in your way, recognize them. Write them down. Look at them and say, this is causing me to stumble. When I do this, I always wind up off the wagon. Well, okay, maybe we will want to rethink this. Maybe this needs to change. Because if A plus B equals C, then maybe we need to change the B. So, 
I, I feel like the Spirit is really speaking to some of you, and I'm not telling you to end um, you building relationship with unbelievers. God has called us out into this world. He's, he's called us to be of the world, but not... Did I get that wrong? In the world, but not of the world. Y'all know what I mean. We live in this world that is a fallen world, but we are not to grab hold of those things. But you are called to, to win the lost to the Lord. So, what does it say? Separate yourself. Separate yourself. Come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them. Don't touch their stuff and he will welcome us. He will be our father and we will be his sons and daughters, says the Lord. Isn't that good? Amen. Again, this is equipping the church. I believe what we've been learning out of 2 Corinthians um, chapters 1 through 6 now is how to walk out ministry. How to walk out being the church. Um, church is such a small Church, what we consider church is not, I believe, what God considers church. We're just talking about an hour here and an hour there. God's talking about the church at all times. You must take what you have and infect the world with it. All we do is come in here and celebrate. We just need to come in here and celebrate what we've done through the week to encourage us all, all to go out and do it again. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand up with me and let me pray for you.